It's time to time. Down. Well, I thought we had something. Easy. Uh, yeah, again, I wanted to start with our hot takes on it of what what did you find that was too excessive in this show now almost series because it's been almost a full season. What do you think's too much in this too show? Too much. The hard feet. The hard feet. <laughs> uh, plural, hard foot. Uh, um, that they've kind of just overdone it. Yeah, I mean, it's not that they've necessarily overdone it. It's just if they had made the storyline more interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple, I think it was like two episodes ago, because we didn't see the Harfoots at all last episode. Like two episodes ago, I was complaining about Harfoots the musical. <laughs> and <laughs> now it's like every single time they pan over to the Harfoots, they were singing. From l- last episode, my complaint was that there was too much Harfoot singing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't done very well. The, the, the voices were beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Right. Poppy, I think it was, she can sing. Not not dissing her, but it's just like every single time this episode that they that they pan to the Harfoots, they're singing. Stop yeah. it! <laughs> they they really gave Nori. Uh, they really auto tuned Nori's voice when she did. She had her singing piece. Oh, did she? Uh, but Poppy, yeah, when she was singing in this one, that was real rough. That was real raw. There, um, my my too much was the pep talks. God, there's too many pep talks in this show. Pep talks, and and chanting. I'm a pep talk my orcs. I'm a pep talk my Southlanders. Yeah. I'm a pep talk my Harfoots. Because uh, <laughs> Papa Harfoot, he cracked me up because he was taking time from moving one ash pile to another ash pile uh, that he needs to give a heart to heart with all of his heart feet there. And he says, it's all about love. We're all together in this blah, 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 yeah. blah. What, a, what the fuck ever kind of thing. And it's like, didn't they try to leave your ass in episode two? Like, they yeah. Already- like, he was saying something along the lines of like, oh, yeah, we're har- we Harfoots are special because our hearts are bigger than our feet and we stick together. It's like, uh, bro, uh, I tried to ditch you. Yeah. Not it, too long ago. Read, read the room, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Did you learn nothing? All right, so episode seven. This is MDC. I'm Cody. That's my boy Michael. We're talking Lord of the Rings right now, Rings of Power. Episode seven. We're going to start with what we're saying is our potatoes. Uh, We want our veggies first of what we didn't like so much about the show. We're going to try to organize this. Uh, And then we're going to get to the meat. Give me the meat. Give it to me raw. You're leading with uh, that you were less of a fan of the Southlanders evacuating Mount Doom. So, in terms of the storylines here, there's kind of three main storylines that mm-hmm. I picked up on. So, we have okay. basically the Harfoots, which are kind of still doing their own thing. They're not really grouped up with the rest of the story here. Not All much right. plot development on that end. That's where I would say, like, is the weakest part of this episode. I mean, the show in general, but the episode, I think, would be the Harfoot storyline. It just lacked from the other storylines. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, we just have little to no plot development. Harfoot's the musicals kind of annoy me. There, <laughs> there were some cool little, like, tidbits there. Um, but it's just, like, they, they have a lot of cheesy lines. They keep, like, oh, we're Harfoots. We can't we can't do this. Oh, we're Harfoots. It's like, we get it. You're Harfeet. <laughs> you know? That's the theme of the song here, pal. Okay, so that one's, but that one's a little that bit more meaty bad. for you. Uh, no, that's got to be the potatoes. If we're doing the potatoes, potatoes, are bad. Right. Potatoes are bad. Potatoes are bad. Yeah. So that's going to be the potatoes for me, the hard feet. And then um, the other storyline that we have are the Southlanders mm-hmm. um, and the Numenorans combined. Um, 
they they did an okay job there. Okay. Uh, the best storyline again is uh, the Casa Doom storylines with the dwarves Elrond and. You Durin. like that one better? It was the best of this episode. It wasn't the best yet. Okay. Like I didn't care too much for this episode. If you're picking up on those vibes a little bit. Yeah, it lesser so the uh, Elrond and the dwarves story ended today. That was good. That was so fucking good. That so let, let, let's circle back to that. Let, let, yeah. we'll, we'll come back to that. So yeah, kicking off with the art foots, mm-hmm. uh, we instantly see that they're they're getting to this promised land now. That That's where they're actually supposed to be migrating ending up. Migrating to, I think. Yeah, migrating because the Harfoots are the migrate migrating hobbits. Um, but there were some more meteors from Mount Doom erupting last episode yeah we were talking about that mount doom that that's got a more elvish name to it doesn't it yeah it's like orange ruin or something kind of cool like that orange ruin um which yeah fiery red mountain and then another name for it too is amon amarth which i think is elvish elvish yeah you were saying too that was a swedish band yeah it was a swedish death metal band but uh the stranger he ends up he he goes and he's trying to do what seems to be more magic mm-hmm. and he's trying to heal one of the trees that was burned by it um hurts nori and her sister and it, they kick him out they're like all right you bad omen get the fuck out of here kind of thing and, yeah and uh, uh sadok is the one that sends him on his way yeah like that seems to be like there's a common trend here with magic and the hard foots um mm-hmm. like basically you have like they'll ask for help from the stranger yeah every now and then and then he goes to try and help and then somebody gets hurt or almost gets hurt like in this case one of the harfoots almost got crushed by a branch mm-hmm. it's like give the dude some space when he's performing magic did you not learn this the first like three times you screwed up there yeah, he's quite powerful yeah thing and he he can't speak any freaking language yeah uh sadok is talking to him and he says that they're he's trying to lead him to where all the other big folk are and he says from their ancestors, parts unknown. Do you think that they have a parts unknown in Metal Earth, or was that just like before they kept record? I mean, in terms of the Harfoots' knowledge, prob- probably a lot of it's unknown to them. Because that's thinking. that's Sadok's like big job is that he keeps record He's of everything. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. interesting. So and then again, like he he tries to, you know, tell the stranger to go his own way and leave him alone because, like, it, it really frustrates me. Like, he does some magic to try to help. Somebody almost gets hurt out of their own stupidity, and then everybody acts all afraid of him. It's like, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, in the middle, we see that his magic does work because Nori wakes up the next morning and sees that all yeah. of the trees are now fruitful. And actually, uh, there's a little scene that, that I barely noticed, but as Sadok and um, the stranger are walking away from the tree that they're talking at... Uh-huh. There's a little yellow flower that blossoms, and um, okay. that little flower is actually picked by the Slim Shady when she is looking for later on. Because yeah. we saw we saw uh, Slim Shady making a return. They're still following the mm-hmm. stranger again. We didn't see any of this storyline in the last episode, so we're kind of catching yeah. up on that. Uh, Slim Shady is catching up to the stranger, and um, now that all the Harfoots have harvested their goods, they've got them in their carts and such. Slim Shady shows up and actually burns that all down. And that was their, again, going back to their big theme was, I'm just a Harfoot, after they sent the stranger away, after they got all yeah. their shit burned down. 
And we've learned from The Hobbit and from Lord of the Rings, you guys are very good burglars. Yeah. You could travel the world being a burglar if you're being good enough about it. And, like, one of the first (laughs) scenes, too, um, we see, I think it's, like, somebody's walking by and then they're, like, hidden. Mm-hmm. So they're they're hiding in like plain sight basically, which is pretty like you can see that ability in them. But then they keep like doubting themselves and oh we're just Harfoots like talking down like that. Yep. Nori, particularly. They, uh, it, it just cracks me up because they were saying we don't slay dragons. Well, you could really rob yeah. them. We don't steal gems like that. You kind of happened. You can you, later. You literally can, and that would pay for you to move to a big. Town, you can travel and see everything. You guys are really limiting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Burglaring can give you the world. Exactly. You just there have you to take it. Take inspiration Le- for that. Lesson learned. Yeah. Uh, you heard it here. Why work hard when you can just steal from a dragon? Then uh, that storyline, that one ended for us where uh, we had the Harfoot squad going on another adventure they were giving themselves a little hobbit adventure to go find the stranger yeah now i found that one a little interesting a little uh woke frodo and samwise going on their adventure from oh a little bit that that's the hint that i got yeah you're not leaving without me yeah Uh, yeah exactly and then and then uh norian poppy's mom goldie i think her name is um that that line was so cheesy like you girls aren't going anywhere yeah without me <laughs> is that because again uh the four harfoots they're four hobbits um yeah i don't know any connection to the other four hobbits uh, mary from, and pippin mary pippin sam and frodo sam and frodo oh in this case we had static goldie nori and poppy nori and poppy are kind of like frodo and Sam, if you want to go that route. Yep. I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to start making up dots and connecting them all. There seems to be a lot of connections. <laughs> like, they're trying to tie the stuff to Lord of the Rings. Like Anybody can follow along with me if you're, yeah. if you're willing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to walk in one of these days. Like, the studio's going to have, like, a, a pin board, like, all sorts of red, like, lines drawn. <laughs> it's all fucking connected, man! It's all connected! J.R.R. Tolkien has infiltrated my mind! He's turning the freaking frogs gay! <laughs> Conspiracy Illuminati! Alright, uh. <laughs> the Southlanders surviving Mount Doom's blast from was, last episode. What were you think? What were your. Yeah. What was your initial thoughts? Galadriel waking up, taking a volcanic blast to the face. Okay. Uh, first of all. She should not have been woken up. She should be dead. She should be, like, burned into a crust. Like, did you see the amount of, like, fire and smoke that engulfed her? And lightning. And she just woke up with a little bit of dust on her. It's like, what? Yeah. Well, it it seemed like she was incapacitated. Like, it really knocked her out kind of thing. That was it. She was fully armored. But with everybody else losing legs, losing legs. Losing legs, being burned. Yeah. Blinded. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Dead. And then Gladwell just kind of, like, stands there and takes it, so... Like, oh, holy shit, that was intense. Um, so Gladriel finds Theo. They are ultimately are going to make their way to the Numenorian camp. But we see at the same time that Elendil is evacuating survivors to the Numenorian camp. And Muriel is trying to make her way with Isildur. Uh, Isildur gets trapped. Muriel gets blinded. That kind of cracked me up because she just then seems t- 
to stumble onto Ellendale and them evacuating. She yeah. just seems to find her captain. Kind of magically. Yeah. Yeah. And that that just really cracked me up because then they were like, oh, I see. How long since we've cleared the smoke? And he says, a mile. I see. No, you don't. <laughs> Bitch, no, you don't. <laughs> I, I couldn't help but laugh. That was very, like, very well done. You're a leader. You can't show that moment of weakness kind of thing. But I couldn't yeah. help but laugh at the, the irony that, of that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> what else? Uh, we, at that point, see, too, that Gil, uh, Ellen deal. He sees Hoist Horse. Hoist Horse Hoist comes Horse. back, Derek. episode three, for his appearance. But he thinks that it's Isildur, and uh, actually Isildur has been trapped back at the village. And so uh, Hoist Horse will make another appearance this episode. We'll come back for Hoist Horse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> verbal exercise. And so they they all make it back to the camp. I, I had a few issues with this one. Okay, Bronwyn. They make it back to the camp. They're looking for Bron. Theo's oh, looking for Bronwyn. Gotcha. They save the character again, man. Dude, plot armor, man. You, you think Bronwyn is plot armor? She's got some plot armor mithril on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just can't kill Level her, Level 10 man. defense. She takes an arrow to the chest. Like, right as she's about to get, like, slashed by, was it Adar, one of the orcs there? Mm-hmm. Um, like, they stop. It's like, every time she's about to die, she doesn't. Saved. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I had a little bit of an issue. What are they saving her for? You, you better have saved her for something very important. I mean, it, it seemed like the last little bit that we got here uh-huh. for her is that she's going to go off to some Numenoran camp or something Okay, with Theo. Maybe. If she's just disappearing completely, I'll be. Yeah, because we'll, we ultimately see uh, Muriel. She's, she's very battle-hardened now after this, and she's like, no, we stand with the elves, and they're sailing back to Numenor. They're going to be bringing their forces to the Southland, to Mordor now. Mm-hmm. Come back to Mordor. I let's not let's not pass up on the uh, uh, Galadriel's mention of her husband. Oh, yes, thank you. So Galadriel, yes, she is married. She has a husband. She's talking about loss with well, Theo. Was yeah. So the, this whole thing kind of came up. Because, I mean, we've known, like, people that know Tolkien lore even a little bit know that Galadriel's married. Celeborn, he makes an appearance at the end of Return of the King when she's going to sail off to Valinor, Valinor okay. with him. Um, and so he's supposed to be alive. But then Theo's like, because uh, Theo's trying to, he he's not sure if Bronwyn is alive or not. So he's trying to find something, some way to relate to Galadriel. Yeah. He's like, have you ever lost anybody? And she's like, yeah, I lost my bro. Uh, and also, um, my, my baby daddy. Oh, no kids yet, I don't think, in this TV series. She's supposed to have kids, but... Oh, does she have kids? She I, have kids. I didn't know that. Celebrian is the name of their kid. Interesting. So, but apparently he's dead, so that's... Well, maybe a she, she was insinuating... She just says loss. She just yeah. knows loss, and she says that the last time she saw him, she was putting on armor. Yeah. So she hasn't heard from him since he went off to war, since she went off to war. So maybe because she's again she's been chasing Sauron this series uh, for like five hundred to a thousand years. Yeah. So so she hasn't seen her husband in a long time. She's like uh, two thousand years old in this. Something like that. Yeah, yeah so about two thousand. So most of her life she's been chasing this. I I suppose that could seem long for. 
her lifespan. Glad you you touched on that because yeah, I totally forgot about Calimor and had no idea that he they yeah. end up having some and elvish babies. It's it's weird that this entire time Galadriel's hatred of the orcs, hatred of Sauron, her whole mission has been. And every single time it's she points back to her brother. But turns out that she thinks that uh, she lost her husband to that as well. But this is the first mention of it, like, seven episodes in. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't this brought up before? So, just a little weird that they waited till now to bring this up. Because I feel like that's kind of a major thing. At least major in um, the shaping of Galadriel's character. It definitely was. It gives her more of a background as well. Because I don't feel like yeah. she got very much of a backstory in Lord of the Rings. And so I didn't feel too connected with her and uh, in l- watching the Lord of the Rings yeah, during that I era. Yeah, as well, she didn't make much of an appearance in Hobbit. You said that yeah. she, she, she just has like a quick blurb it, in there. Yeah, I think it was a brief appearance in, in The Hobbit. But yeah, that was, that was fairly interesting. Yeah. And then um, there was one thing that I thought that was kind of... I'm almost a little bit relieved that they didn't do it. But you know that, that, that scene where uh, Gladwell and Theo are hiding from the orcs? And the, yeah. the one of the orcs is like... <laughs> And then the other orc goes, what do you smell? I was, I was thinking that he was going to go, man flesh. But he did not. I'm kind of relieved at that, honestly. Uh, it just seems like an iconic meme every time it pops up in my head. Man, man flesh. flesh. Yeah. Um, cool. That actually tied in actually very well with the story. Thank you very much for that mm-hmm. of uh, Theo and Galadriel. Because then, yeah, they they make their way back to the camp then. Uh, that's where we see Hoist Horse again. He does not want to leave uh, Isildur. He isn't sure where Isildur is because still lost blast from the volcano. Yeah, um, freaking out. And, and that's where we see that Elendil is no longer... He, he's like, I fucking hate elves. I should have never let her onto the boat. She should have just drowned. Uh, but they ultimately, um, he follows his queen and his queen says, nope, we're, we are in this now. Yeah. Thing. You, that was the right call. Uh, and then, yeah, the Numenorians they sail back off to Numenor to bring their forces back. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we see more Numenor, uh, that it's not destroyed yet. Because, again, in the lore it's destroyed. But you were saying last episode you think that that's very uh, cryptic. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's metaphorical. Metaphorical. Um, I think the destruction, uh, and, again, I don't really know the lore of Numenor too well, but I think that vision that... Um, Queen Regent was seeing of the the waves flooding uh-huh. um, and destroying Numenor was actually the waves that created Mount Doom. Yeah, that created basically um, Mordor, and and that's the kind of the metaphorical thing that's gonna the orcs gonna destroy Numenor. Okay. That's my theory. Not knowing the lore too well. Then. Connecting the dots of seeing the water in her vision and the water that erupted Mount Doom. Mm-hmm. We're making the dots and we're making the connections. It doesn't matter if they exist. <laughs> we will draw strings around everything. <laughs> All right. To our meat. Give me the meat. Give it to me raw. We wanted to talk about Elrond's journey. He's still working with the dwarves. They've made it back now to Khazad-dûm. Mm-hmm. King Durin, they're trying to persuade him to share some of that sweet, sweet mithril. Where does that one open up? We finally see Elrond, and he's pleading with the dwarves. He's pleading with the king. Trying Uh, to strike a deal there. Did you find that humbling for the elves? Because usually they're looking down their nose. Yeah, Elrond definitely seems to be different there. Because if you if you look at kind of King Gilglad, his like he's definitely very harsh to the yeah. dwarves. Gotcha. I, I the way he got down on his knee and everything, and he's, he's like, pleading. He, yeah. it seemed like he was really trying to humble 
at that point, we see that he, King Durin, is, wants to have a talk with Prince Durin, and he talks about how Aule crafted them, the mm-hmm. dwarves, how they crafted them. Yeah. Uh, did, did you catch that at all? Yeah, so a um, little history tidbit here according to King Durin. Educate us. Um, when Aule uh, created the dwarves, they were crafted out of fire and rock. Um, so basically, that, that's the two kind of like, not split personalities, but the two different like parts that make a dwarf a dwarf basically have the, the, the rock that hungers for the eternal, for eternally resisting the pull of time. So maybe that's where Ooh. they kind of contend with the elves a little bit there. Okay. And then you also have the fire um, aspect to them that embraces the truth that all things must one day be consumed and fade into ash, which is basically, mm-hmm. I think, tied to their morality there. That was a bit of King Durin's theme to his character today as well watching that episode was that he was very against the elves and yeah. he's like everything comes to an end yeah. and he he was talking about he was not going to help those elves cheat death again those death cheating bastards yeah. think that immortality isn't good enough that they're like well we need this because King Gilgalad, he, he seems very uh, shady about trying to get it leading up to this. Yeah, King Gilgalad had a little bit of shadiness, like not really telling Elrond why he's going there until later. Right. And it's like King Durin was suspicious of that, but Elrond was there out of good intentions. Yeah. And like Prince Durin is really pleading with him. And, and this is like the part where I don't really care too much for the Durin and Durin relationship. Really? Um, do you have any thoughts I find it kind of interesting because King Durin, they, they just really put a good stubborn aura around him. Like, he is like, no, I am set in my stubborn ways and dwarf. I am a, yeah. yep, stubborn as a dwarf. They really nailed that character, uh, which I want to say I like because uh, Princess Disa, she really na- nails the character. Mm-hmm. Having a black woman playing a dwarf, she really like that energy that she uses uh, being married to a ginger. <laughs> cracks me up because she is she is the voice of reason for it and she's she's easily as hot-headed yeah kind of thing cracks me up yeah i like how in that scene where she's just kind of raging against uh king duran she's like literally Lice eating on a bearded sl- bastard <laughs> that was yeah. that was funny i, I liked i like disa quite a bit uh, she's one of the better characters, I think, in this show. The, she, she's a very good voice of reason. And that's where I, I really am circling this is that it was Prince Durin, it's Princess Disa, and it's Elrond. They're like, okay, yeah. we, we want to save the elves kind of thing. And yeah. then the stuff. They all make sense. And then King. the King Durin, like the whole King Durin and Prince Durin relationship is so freaking strange to me. Mm-hmm. And this episode kind of shows that where he's like talking about how he was taking care. You see his soft, uh, the king's soft side for his son. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I was, you weren't breathing right. Um, when you were a little baby, I had to lift your chin up all night long to get you to breathe right. And um, I saw the future in your beard or something along those lines where you could move mountains. Mm-hmm. And like, like got really passionate and proud of his son. And then like two seconds later, he's ripping off like his princely collar off of him and basically disowning him. It is. Hard as a stone and hot as a, a flame. Yeah. That, so that just, guy, he's all over the place. Yeah. And so if you see, like, Prince Durin and King Durin's relationship, like, it's constant, like, they're fighting, then they're making up, then they're fighting. It's like, dude, like... In the same scene. Yeah. Yeah. So we see at this point, though, Elrond is like, okay, no, I've done my part. I have to go inform King Gil- mm. Gilgalad. He puts the uh, him and him and Prince Durin, they, they set the mithril on the table and he says yeah. i will 
I have to go. Next Goodbye. to the leaf. That's like the decaying ne- leaf. Next to the leaf. But Elrond says, I have to go now, kind of thing. Durin says, Goodbye. Uh, what What's the word that Elrond uses? The elvish word, f- Namari. Oh, Namari, yeah, something like Namari, that. Namari, meaning go towards goodness. Such an Elrond response. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, so they set the mithril there, and he leaves, and you see it start curing the Black Plague of mm-hmm. the leaf that somehow controls the life force yeah. of the elves. And then Durin notices this, and he's like, oh my god, maybe King Yogalad has something to it, and then he yeah. goes and calls Auron back. They, they, they go in and start mining for yeah. the rest of the mithril. Basically um, against the king's will. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the two... The two sons, or the sneak brothers... Sneak down to the caves. The two brothers sneaking down, and they're... Get down on their knees. Going to save... Th- what? Hammer <laughs> <laughs> away at the rock. Save the elves, Whoa, man. <laughs> save the elves. But I thought it was... The brothers. <laughs> they're fucking brothers. <laughs> what are you doing, step bro? <laughs> but I thought it was hilarious. Did you notice that Durin was the one, like, mining at the rock, and then mm-hmm. Elrond was just kind of there, like, watching? Yeah, like <laughs> Durin knows what he was doing. That was some very good precision. He's just like a tink, and it Opens clears out a little tunnel. Yeah, a peephole for but it. I, I thought it was funny because like glory while hole. Durin's walking, a dwarven glory hole between the Balrog. And the, oh, Balrog comes into play. Uh, spoiler, Balrog. Yeah, I I thought that that was really cool because the, you see the mithril, you see the mithril ore that is just leading down through the mountains, looking like veins, looking yeah. like the roots from the trees. That what that comes from the tree that was struck by lightning, being enchanted by a, an elf, and destroyed by a Balrog yeah, at the same time freezing. of. I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons. You get it. You get it. Um, that that looked very cool. But yeah. doesn't matter. They got caught. King Durin comes down and he's like, You sons of bitches! Oh, thank God your pants are still on. Get the <laughs> fuck out of my Casa Doom. And then he kicks Elrond out. Kicks Elrond out. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, where does that leave us off now? That leaves us basically with uh, King Durin... Uh, dropping off the leaf and then we see the Balrog and then that's basically cutscene for that and we're we're done with the Kazadoom storyline. That's right. Yep. They he he takes the leaf and he's he's like, No, fuck yeah. you elves. You get a teaser of the okay. Balrog and then yeah. um the last kinda Do you have anything more that you want to talk about with the dwarves? Yes. I have a question because we were talking about this. You you made a very good connection with Lord of the Rings. What did they say in Lord of the Rings Sauron to Gandalf when they were talking about going into Khazad-dûm? Did you write that down? Oh, jeez, did I? Oh, yeah, that's right. So, um, in Lord of the Rings, Saruman says that uh, the dwarves dug too greedily and too deep and they awoke Balrog basically. And Yeah. Um, when in reality, of Morgoth. There, there seems to be a certain amount of greed. Uh-huh. I wouldn't... Because they said that he they, they dug greedily and awoke in the Balrog. Here's the thing. The King King Durin doesn't want to, to dig the Mithril, and so he's not being greedy. They're not digging out of greed. They're trying to save the elves. Right? But then you also saw that scene with Disa where she uh-huh. was she showed her ambitious side a little bit. Right. She was say she was looking to the future. She's like, yeah. This that is our gonna be mithril. king. Yeah, it's gonna be our mithril. We're gonna share it with the world. We're gonna dig down, we're gonna dig deep. And so that's so King Durin, he awakens the Balrog. Do you think Princess Disa 
is releasing the Balrog because King Durin says, seal it up. He's like, no, we, we're not digging in here. But then uh, Princess Disa is like, no, that will be ours and we will dig. Yeah. So I think, think that she releases it? I don't know. I think the Balrog, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, how much mithril are we talking that they need to save this tree? Because you saw how much that one piece of ore saved that leaf. Yeah. We don't know how much that would save of the tree. And what are they going to do? Just take a hunk of rock and put it next to the tree and be like, cure! Yeah, exactly. But then as well, we see... We only see... I, I only recall Frodo's armor from the movies. I haven't read the yeah. books. But I don't know so how... So mithril's very sparse. Yeah, I was going to say how popular, how, how common is it to have mithril? I don't think it's very common at all. So they they didn't get too yeah. much out of it. They, so it could be that the Balrog awakens and then destroys Khazad-dûm. And that could be what they, um, that could be, kind of be, we got the teaser for it as like the last scene, basically. Mm-hmm. It could be that the Balrog make, makes an appearance next episode or even next season. Oh, a whole season of Balrog. That'd be awesome. God, give it to us. Going ham on Khazad-dûm. Give it to us. We want the Balrog. <laughs> um, uh, you were also saying that the mithril, that Wait you think that they need the mithril to forge rings. The time, yeah, but the, I just realized something. What'd you realize? Okay, so here's so a little bit more lore. So in Lord of the Rings, Lord and Lord. Gimli, I think, is like 120 or so. So this Lord of the Rings is thousands of years after a Rings of Power, uh, right. timeline wise. And so Gimli had been to Casa Doom. Gimli was at Casa Doom. That he he went to there. Yeah, when they were trying to make it to Mount Doom, the fellowship. No, no, was... no. I'm not even talking about that. Like oh, as a kid, as Gimli a kid. had been to Casa Doom as the like when the city was still standing. Did he? Because his his cousin or brother or something along those lines, Balin, I think. Yeah. He was actually the king of Casa Doom. So Casa Doom was still healthy, even though we got a little bit of a teaser of the Balrog here, thousands of years before that even happens. Hundred and twenty. He's only 120 years old, so yeah, yeah it, had, it has to have happened. And it was in recent history, relatively speaking. What? So the Balrog, actually, now that I think about it, shouldn't make an appearance at all for thousands of years. Is he just going to chill down there, or are they going to kind of alternate timeline and speed things up a little bit? Because it, I don't know if you remember, but Gimli, when he's explaining to Gandalf why they should go into Moria, yeah. he's like, oh, oh yeah, you'll be greeted by fires and feasts, and it'll be a great time. And then Gandalf is kind of like trepidation. And then they, they stumble into a crypt. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I totally remember so that. So something's not syncing up here timeline-wise. Because there's no way the Awakened Balrog is going to chill out down there for thousands of years. We'll don't, don't give me more questions. I am just on a quest filled with questions right now. And I'm just a looking quest. for answers. Chin? <laughs> <laughs> so, two questions. First, uh, Rings of Power. Deese is talking that Durin has a brother, that this isn't going to be her brother's kingdom. Yeah. Uh, where the fuck's his brother been? Um, that's a great question. Or um, we, we haven't know. mentioned him at all. Um, he hasn't been mentioned. He hasn't been brought up. It's like, oh, this episode, they're kind of bringing people up last minute, like Galadriel's husband. Yeah. And uh, Durin's brother. And they're kind of teasing the fact that Durin might not act, Prince Durin might not become king after all because... He basically got disowned by his father. Yep. His brother might take the mantle, but it's like, these are kind of reaches, I think. Okay. They're just kind of, uh, what's it called? Filling in their voids of lore, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe. Kind of maybe. nodding to those lore bits there. All right. Second question. Lord of the Rings, 
how do Gandalf and the Balrog end up on the top of a mountain when they were falling through a mountain? Um, I think the battle takes them all over the place. I think it's almost what? like it's almost what? like Family Guy style, you know, when he when Peter Griffin fights like the, chicken. the chicken, and then they're like in the plane, <laughs> and they're at the bottom of the ocean. I think that's kind of what happens with Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because <laughs> like I mean, you, you see like. <laughs> like there's one scene where like Gandalf like catches up to his sword and he's like diving with his sword like toward the Balrog and they're they fall down and then they're like the next scene they're in the no. bathroom it's like how do they what yeah that that's <laughs> always been a question of mine and I just recalled it when we were because the Balrog was at the bottom of this mountain I was like that looks like a bottom of a mountain there that's where Sight. they should have fell yeah. but then when Gandalf returns he's like I defeated the Balrog and he is on top of a snowy mountain. I'm like, how the fuck did you get up there? <laughs> yeah, man. It's Peter and Griffin died. and the chicken. I, you were explaining it, and I was just making a cartoon of it in my <laughs> mind between Gandalf, and he looks like he looks like a little Family Guy animation. You shall not pass. Fighting a Balrog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're just doing that glare thing with their eyes. And <laughs> so that leaves us with the last point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it picks up Adar and the orcs are in the Southlands. They they are chanting Adar. Adar. Yeah, chanting. Adar. Yeah. Uh, uh, meaning father. Uh, Adar's name. But then that scene, that, that, that was really cool where you just see Mount Doom there and it says the Southlands and it burns and becomes Mordor. Mordor. That was pretty ominous. That was very well done, I think. I like that scene a lot. Fucking superb. Uh, you looked that up, too, because I, I asked, I was like, does Mordor have a meaning to it? Yeah, so Mordor means, like, fiery pit. I like this relationship of, I just come up with a ton of fucking questions, and, and you are my answer, man. You're <laughs> my man in, uh, <laughs> man in the chair. <laughs> An area of peril, darkness, or evil, which people fear to visit or explore. Okay. Which is what Mordor means. That... That just gives the essence of Mordor. Thinking about it, seeing it, spelling it out. Fucking well done. J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, you will live for on forever in the hearts of all of our nerds. I, I love just being able to nerd out. It's a good time. It's a good time. Cool. So uh, that wraps up for us episode seven of Rings of Power. Uh, we've got the season finale coming up next. We're, we'll wrap that up. For the audience there, too, um, we're totally new to podcasting. We basically have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So um, we it's, it's going to be kind of cool seeing our progression a little bit from the first episodes mm-hmm. to um, the season finale here and then seeing kind of how we can grow and expand and get better at our craft here. You know what it so, is? I'm, I'm more qualified than you because I have a microphone. You do have a microphone. <laughs> So, My microphone's broken. That that is the only reason why, um, <laughs> and that is the only experience that I have for it. So um, it, it's definitely going to be a learning process for us, and I, I think yeah. that we've the short time that we've had this, we, we're, we're coming along quite a way. So I look forward to making an announcement soon, mm-hmm. and I look forward to being able to go live and do this regularly and reach yeah. out to everybody and uh, constructive. Or destructive criticisms. We don't care. Send everything our way. We're interested to see what you guys have to say about us. Send me your destructive criticism uh, because we're going to have a roast off. Yes. I'm, I'm cool with that. I, I don't mind making an enemy a day. 
Enemy a day <laughs> keeps the Mordor away. Enemy a day keeps me strong. <laughs> New bumper sticker. Uh, this has been MDC. I'm Cody. That's my boy Michael. Namarie. Namarie, you fuckers. <laughs> this has been MDC Podcast. We want to thank you for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe, and tell Grandma. We're dropping new episodes every Sunday and Thursday. Let us hear what we should do next down in the comments. Namarie, you dorks. Hey!